I want to tell you a story about conservation. But not just any story about conservation. This story involves cutting down trees, starting forest fires, and sending in dozens and dozens of people to make major changes to protected land. If you know a lot about conservation, you know these tactics aren't uncommon. But even among conservationists, there's no real agreement about what the best approach is when it comes to preserving our local habitats. On the one hand, human activity has done so much to harm the environment. But on the other, our local ecosystems are in dire need of some sort of positive intervention. Can human activity play a positive role in the environment here on the Upper Cape? Stay tuned to find out. Listening to the Upper Cape Catch by the Enterprise, where we bring you audio stories on the latest news from Falmouth, Mashpee, Bourne, and Sandwich. I'm Gilda Geist, and today I'm taking a look into how the Falmouth Rod and Gun Club is working to make their land extra hospitable for local wildlife. The Falmouth Rod and Gun Club has been working with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service on creating and maintaining pollinator fields since 2016. These fields, situated a little ways into the woods off of Carriage Shop Road in East Falmouth, contain hundreds of hand planted flowers shrubs, and other flora that foster pollinators like bees, butterflies, and birds. Three members of the club, Gary Anderson, Casey McCavicious, and Don Clark, took me on a tour of the field so I could see firsthand just how they worked. Uh, This is our our first field. The pollinator fields are located within a forest that makes up part of the Mashpee National Wildlife Refuge, the land of which is owned by several federal, state, tribal, and private conservation entities, including the Falmouth Rod and Gun Club. This is all uh, private land, but it's managed, shall we say, by uh, the national, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife. That was Don, a member of the Falmouth Rod and Gun Club who has been involved in the Pollinator Fields Project since the beginning. He told me all about the history of the project. How we really started on this is a fellow from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services approached me and he said, uh, we're coming into our 100th anniversary for 2016. And he said, we've taken six states uh, from New York and all back this way to promote the the fields uh, for uh, pollinators mm-hmm. because the monarch butterfly is very endangered and they're losing their habitat. You know, believe it or not, all the farmlands and everything has grown up in the forest, so it's yeah. not... You know, we don't have meadow locks here anymore or anything, but you know, it wasn't that long ago, Cape Cod was full of farms. So they put that together and um, we signed up. That's one piece of the backstory, but another key piece comes from Mary Kay Fox, a director of the nonprofit Friends of the National Mashpee Wildlife Refuge. Have you ever met Mary Kay? Oh, she is a delight. You ought to give her a call. At that time, I was president of the Friends of Mashpee Wildlife Refuge. Of course, I took their suggestion, and I gave Mary Kay a call. And just like the Rod and Gun Club guys told me, she had answers to all of my questions about how her organization helped the Falmouth Rod and Gun Club get involved in the Pollinator Fields Project. It started in the fall of December of 2016. The grant money lasted about two years, but after it ran out, the Friends of the National Mashpee Wildlife Refuge didn't stop working. They planted bushes and flowering forbs, and we keep diversifying, adding new plants. When the Friends received a grant to create monarch habitats, Mary Kay knew that the Falmouth Rod and Gun Club would want to be involved. And sure enough, the club ended up donating five acres to the project. Here's Don, explaining the primary goal behind all the work they do on those five acres. 
The objective in the long haul is what we're aiming for is to have the stuff bloom early, early summer, midsummer, late summer, into the fall. So the longer the fields are in bloom, the more wildlife they can actually support. But this project started with one creature in particular in mind, the monarch butterfly. The monarch butterfly, native to North and South America, is endangered due to habitat loss. National Geographic reports that the eastern monarch, the variety that can be found here on the Cape, has seen a population decline of 80% since the 1980s. Monarch butterflies lay their eggs on milkweed plants. When the eggs hatch, the caterpillars eat from the milkweed plant before forming a chrysalis and beginning the process of metamorphosis. That's why planting pollinator fields with plenty of milkweed plants is key to protecting the monarchs. Well, the monarchs, uh, they'll come back um, as you have more milkweed that they lay their larvae on. I mean, it's just that they didn't have any place to breed. Yeah. Right. You know, they didn't have any place to leave the larvae, and, and, and it's all on milkweed, and um, we've, we get eggs every year. But anyway, back to how this project came about, here's Don. We got a grant for... Uh, $3,000, plus they cut all the trees and everything. Personally, I was confused when I first heard this. How would cutting down acres of forest on a wildlife refuge benefit the environment? Well, it's all about creating open habitats. Open habitats are pretty much exactly what they sound like. Wide open spaces that aren't covered by trees. When you're talking about the, the trees getting cut down, who, like, who is doing that? Th that was the U.S. Fish and Wildlife. Oh, okay, and so they were doing that to yeah. clear it out so that so it could, could we could we could have fields okay. yeah you know eventually uh, if we don't manage these fields these trees are going to take over and it's going to you know revert back to a, a forest even setting fires is a part of the work managing the pollinator fields in the world of conservation they call these fires prescribed burns now some of this burn area in here the u.s fish and wildlife came in and burned it out this year i don't know it looks like they got up here too and they burn out they gets rid of ticks and all kinds of ugly things. The year after it's burned, the next year all this new growth comes and the ferns have definitely profited yes. by what the, the burns have done, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a benefit to the habitat, to wildlife habitat. Um, it's a benefit to the town because it helps to prevent forest fires. This was burned last year and look at the new growth. Next, the Falmouth Rod and Gut Club got to work turning their newly cleared fields into open habitats. Casey, who works closely with the plants that go into the pollinator fields, spoke with me about creating these open habitats, and in particular, what are called transition zones. In April, we had the Boy Scouts from uh, Troop 42 come out, and they helped us plant over 100 native shrubs and trees in this little area, mm -hmm. and we're trying to, uh, you know, establish a transition zone between the meadows and the woods. And when you talk about pollinator gardens, most people automatically assume wildflowers. Right. But these native shrubs and trees are a critical component of a, a pollinator habitat. And transition zone refers to, and I just wanna make sure I have this terminology correctly, like this area kind of in between these big meadows and the forest. Right. These transition zones that Casey talks about are crucial to many different species across Massachusetts. Pretty critical to, if you want really good wildlife habitat, uh, these shrubs require a lot of sun. Mm -hmm. They won't grow in the woods. They, they need the sunny areas and 
They'll, uh, you know, they'll provide a good wildlife habitat for New England cottontails, uh, you know, the butterflies and the bees. These old woods aren't great wildlife habitat for critters. And they, they, they like these uh, shrubby uh, areas for cover, nesting, mm. food. This goes back to what I was wondering about how cutting down trees can be a part of conservation. Though forests provide food and shelter for some types of wildlife, we're seeing a serious shortage of open habitats. Transition zones are, you know, they're, we're losing them and it's affecting like the uh, New England cottontail. It's a native rabbit to New England. Mm -hmm. it, it depends on these uh, shrubby areas and uh, we're losing them. Uh, the, the habitat's getting fragmented. Uh, right now there's only five areas in all of New England that support the New England cottontail. Cape Cod is one of them. Not only that, but Casey told me that the shrubs and trees in the transition zones tend to bloom a little bit earlier than the wildflowers, creating a longer blooming period that will provide more nectar for pollinators. But not all the plants growing in the pollinator fields are welcome. Now this is a glassy buckthorn. Nothing eats these except goats. This doesn't support our uh, insects and, and butterflies, and, and it's a plant that was introduced from Asia as an ornamental. In 2009, it was put on the invasive list here in mm -hmm. Massachusetts. You know, they, they spread. It's, uh, it's an issue. Removing glossy buckthorn and other invasive plant species from the pollinator fields is a big part of field maintenance for the Falmouth Rod and Gun Club. We get after it. You know, we pull it and all that. So it has to be managed because some of that invasive stuff they did a, a big planting on an old cow farm down near uh, the river down there at Hatchville. And, uh, and the, like, they went in and they, they did it and they had a beautiful field come up. Two years later, it was gone. And the reason it was gone was the um, invasives came in and they took everything over. Yeah. And uh, there can be a problem, but it has to be managed. Yes, it ha that's the word exactly. It has to be managed, and you got to have close management because you can lose it, lose it awful fast. I asked KC to tell me a little bit more about the plants in the pollinator fields that actually do support local pollinators. How often are you adding new plants? Uh, every spring and fall. Mary Kay Fox and I probably uh, select most of the plants that we put in here, and we, we try to limit it to native shrubs mm -hmm. and trees that'll support you know, the, uh, the insects and the bugs and the critters. Do you deliberately choose plants that have like kind of staggered blooming periods? Yeah, we, we try to cover eight months of blooming time oh. from March to October. Casey told me that there are currently 72 varieties of wildflowers in the pollinator fields. This time of year, the fields are blooming with black-eyed Susans, purple coneflowers, blazing stars, white beard tongue, and more. But looking out at the fields and the surrounding woods, I wondered, how is the Falmouth Rod and Gun Club able to maintain all of this? We have an annual budget of $500. So we get a, we get a lot of work done, a lot of volunteer hours. I see. We had 46 volunteers that will come out and work work days. The Falmouth Rod and Gun Club has 322 members, Gary told me. He said that new members join all the time. And within and outside the club, they're able to find lots of people to help out with the pollinator fields. We source people like Casey, like Don, like myself, that are very conservation-oriented, and they just join. Now, you've got, what, about 40 people that help out on the, on the various times right, on the planting. Right. Um, in addition, you know, we're bringing in the, Cub, the Boy Scouts yep. that help out with the plantings. Um, 
we have access to AmeriCorps. They love these uh. kinds of projects. Yeah. Um, the people that we know in town at the Webner and um, other places, state biologist has people that have helped out on the river. Um, it's a community thing mm -hmm. as well as a club thing. So this is kind of made possible just by a lot of kind of community donations and contributions and Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. That, that love nature just like we do. Well, uh, Casey digs up stuff from his own garden and brings over and plants it here and everything, you know? Yeah. The community's efforts are visible, especially for those who have seen the area change over time. You could come up here 15 years ago and walk through and it was like a dead area. Yeah. No birds, nothing. Squirrels, nothing. How did... Nothing. And, and now it's all coming back. Yeah. And it'll come back even better. And the Falmouth Rod and Gun Club isn't stopping here. They plan to keep adding plants and maintaining the land for years to come. So in another five years, it should be a show place up here. It's pretty much a show place now as far well, as Well, it is. Ab done. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. But we'll have more and more things going in as time goes along. KC explained that regular maintenance is crucial in ensuring that the pollinator fields don't disappear. If you let this go and let the trees grow, eventually it becomes a, just a forest and you lose the, the wildflowers and the, you know, the, the nectar. As you've heard throughout this story, the Cape's balance of plants and wildlife is delicate. That's why Gary hopes that Upper Cape residents and visitors can enjoy the fields respectfully and responsibly. We allow the public to come in here. We just ask that they respect the land and uh, you know, treat it like, like it's their own. Don't walk in planted areas. The nice thing is, it's going to stay wild. This is all under conservation restriction. Yeah. Never going to be developed. Our program today was voiced, written, and produced by me, Gilda Geist. Special thanks to Gary Anderson, Casey Mitkovicious, Don Clark, and Mary Kay Fox. The Upper Cape Catch by The Enterprise comes out each Friday morning, just like our newspaper. Pick up your copy at our office in Falmouth or at your favorite local business or check us out online at capenews.net. We also now have an app that is free to download on the App Store and on Google Play. If you enjoyed this story and want to keep supporting the podcast, go ahead and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.